Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Coming to you from the Oklahoman's Mobile Podcast Studio once again after a Tuesday night visiting with Oklahoma State football players. Another productive evening. It was uh, it was really entertaining. We'll get into some of that later. But uh, but Jacob, you didn't get a chance to uh, well, you didn't get a chance to see the blue turf, which uh, I I promised I was going to rub in as many times as possible. Uh, Man, and you also didn't get a chance to uh, to join us on the post game podcast from Boise since you weren't there watching the seeing the blue turf. Um, Just digging so, it in. So I uh, wanted to give you a chance to uh, to give your thoughts on. Oklahoma State's twenty-one to twenty victory over Boise State. It's probably good I wasn't on the podcast because I hadn't quite wrapped my head around <laughs> what happened. Um, by the time I you was, were recording, I was on the podcast and I still haven't <laughs> wrapped my head around. And it's, we're still three or four days, you know, three days later, I guess, right. now at this point. I'm still yeah. wondering what in the world just we watched on Saturday night. Um, you know, the, I I've thought different ways about this. Um, the offensive line obviously was better. Um, when you really look at, you know, not just run blocking, obviously, but I, think they, I thought they did adequately in pass blocking again. And, and for what they had to block, there wasn't a lot of pass opportunities. But, you know, I thought that was important. Jalen Warren obviously has turned into the feature back. Yes. Um, you know, that that I think I tweeted in the middle of the game that uh, looks like this uh, four, four-man backfield's become an incredibly uh, – Small all of a sudden, yeah, and uh, for for good reason. And you know, it's Big Twelve play. We kind of predicted that that at some point it was going to start thinning out, anyways. Um, but just this receiver situation is such a mess. Yeah, it is. and it's hindered everything. You know, I know you, we hear a lot of people come at us on Twitter, not at us, I guess, but respond to us um, that Spencer is terrible whatever they want to say about him. I don't know what he's supposed to do at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with, with, with Casey Dunn and, and the play calling. I mean, he's, uh, he's hamstrung by what he can do with, with his, with, with the wideouts. And it's just, uh, it's a really difficult situation for them to try to manage. And it's the same with Spencer, I think. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's, that was painfully obvious to me. Saturday night, um, but it's such a huge win. Um, this season is going to need a win like that, I think, at some point. You know, Boise yeah. is not going to be frowned upon as a win to go into Boise to win. Um, a lot of Power Five teams won't go play this game, right? And OSU exactly. did and survived. I think that's huge. Um, I think it's huge for confidence wise. Now they feel like they can run the ball against you know coming up against Kansas State. They need to be able to run the ball somehow. Kansas State doesn't allow anyone to run the ball, but they've got to figure it out. Right. Um, so I think that there's a lot of ways to come at this. You know, Jason Taylor emerged as a playmaker again. Again. I'm going to keep saying he all he does is make plays, and it's true. Um, you know, there was just so much with this. Kale Cabanis, um, Jalen Warren, Jason Taylor are the heroes. Um, Hunter Woodard is a hero, I think, returning and really solidifying that offensive line. And yeah. the defense obviously played really well. and got aided by the fact that uh, they didn't have to really play much in the second half. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the ability to keep them off the field and let them rest. Uh, you know, Barry and I talked about this, but, uh, you know, you had you had a, a long OSU scoring drive. Then the defense is on the field for one play. They get a, a strip and a fumble recovery. 
and then uh, then OSU goes and scores again. Boise downs it on the next uh, the next snap, and then the defense then OSU starts starts the third quarter with this long uh, long offensive series that doesn't yield any points. But it was a really long period of time that there was uh, that the defense was was getting to rest, and so that was really important for uh, for the uh, the result I think of the, of that game. If they'd have kept up that pace, I don't know that any of those guys would have survived. I feel like they would have no. all just passed out or died on the field. <laughs> there was just no way to keep up with that pace. No, there wasn't, and uh, and it was really uh, it was really wearing on the uh, the defenders. You could see that, uh, you know, they uh, they were preventing Oklahoma State from substituting a lot. Uh, by by going with that up tempo, uh, no sub offense to uh, to not give Oklahoma State the chance to re- respond with their own substitutes, so uh, that kept guys on the field and uh, and made it really difficult on the Cowboys. So uh, really impressed that they were able to uh, to come through that and uh, and come out on the other side of uh, of that and play as well as they did in the second half. All right, so my question for you. How was the blue turf in person? It was uh, it was just as spectacular as uh, as I had hoped. That's what I was hoping you wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Um, I was uh, I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to get to actually go down on the turf, but uh, after the game, we were able to get down there. I recorded a video from the blue turf. It was uh, it was magical. It was it was glorious. I uh, throw in all sorts of adjectives to describe it. It was uh, it, it fits all of them. Uh, I was uh, really excited. It's uh, I don't I don't really have a bucket list, but uh, but if I did, the uh, the blue turf would probably be on it. So can check that off now. I just realized I should have put you in the third row of this car, way <laughs> back away from me as punishment, but I didn't. Uh, that's all right. All right. Well, let's move ahead. Now we uh, I mentioned we got to visit with uh, with Oklahoma State players. Uh, just a, a little while ago, really productive, really, uh, really interesting stuff. Josh Sills uh, was, who's always one of my favorite Cowboys to talk to, uh, was among the uh, the crowd that we got to visit with. Jason Taylor, the safety, as well. Uh, Brock Martin is the the defense went all Oki today. Yeah, and uh, and Rashad Owens got to talk to us for the very first time in uh, in his young career. So. Um, Rashad Owens, uh, I have been fascinated by him since uh, since Saturday because he's a guy that uh, that is a, uh, a really phenomenal athlete. Was a, uh, a multi-sport standout down in Texas, and uh, and has been kind of looking for uh, for his place to fit in on this offense. He's played all three wide receiver positions, and uh, he was in the uh, in the role of the Z, which is kind of the primary uh, you know it's kind of the first look in uh, in a lot of their passing plays it's a uh, a really important position in this in this offense he's basically the fourth string <laughs> guy in the, in that in that role because the first three were all injured he's forced into into that he'd been playing slot this year moved over to the uh, the outside spot at the Z and uh, you know he did have one drop late but otherwise held his own Mike Gunny said that uh, he blocked better than uh, than he initially thought he did, uh, than Gunny initially thought Owens did, and uh, and that was important. So we'll see, we'll get into more of that position later. But uh, we'll see what's asked of him this week and and what kind of role he gets to play in this uh, in this offense going forward. But uh, promising for the future at least. 
another uh, another playmaker that they've got in this uh, in this group of uh, of wideouts. That uh, a guy that we didn't really know a ton about. I mean, he had a good couple of plays in the spring game, but uh, but another guy that uh, that we uh, we we saw from can uh, can go out and make plays. I I liked his personality. First time getting to talk to yeah. him. Very happy. Um, just felt like a genuinely just kind of happy guy, and was was really just fun to talk with. Um, handled everything really well, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, didn't he say that he didn't move to Z until Wednesday last yes. week? Yes, Wednesday is, they seems, found out. That seems like a short uh, window to make yeah. a switch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fortunately for him, he had played the position uh, sounded like most of last year as uh, as a true freshman. Um, you know, he got in to a, a couple of games late, um, but uh, but didn't didn't play a ton. But practiced the position all year, so that probably made the transition a little bit easier for him. But still, to uh, to after after moving to the slot and then focusing on that throughout the entire preseason and the first two games of the year, you know, to be able to make that move is uh, is is pretty impressive. Uh, and again, that's that's uh, yet another uh, yet another reason that uh, that this offense is uh, is a little bit hamstrung in what they can do. In in that uh, you know they've got guys playing positions that they're not used to playing, so it's a uh, it's a, a really tough situation. But uh, but a lot of fun talking to to Rashad. He was great. Brock Martin was uh, was a lot of fun as well. Uh, talked about his sack. That um, he was flagged for pass, or, uh, roughing the passer. Um, and I he, missed the very beginning of him, so I didn't see it. Her his initial answers about it, but my favorite line that I did hear was when the official apparently told him that the quarterback is defenseless when he's <laughs> in the pocket, and he said, "Well, maybe he shouldn't be playing quarterback then." <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, because it's true. I don't, yeah, it is. I, I still don't get how that was a defenseless player, but um, sure, let's go with that, I guess. Um, yeah. But apparently they admitted to, to Gundy later that they got the, the call wrong. Right. Um, they didn't admit that to Brock, who's still seething over it. But <laughs> um, And bit his tongue. He, 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 he was biting his tongue a couple times, yeah. trying not to say too much. Yeah, he was. Like he, he could get fined. <laughs> right, it was. Uh, he did a good job of uh, of talking about it without really saying what he thought. So, yeah, uh, I was impressed at how he handled that. He said he knows he knows the rule book really well. Yeah, and it was like I know this and this, and he broke down exactly what he could do to hit a quarterback, what he couldn't do. Like he knows what he's doing. Yes, and he does. To be that wrong was a little shocking to him. Yeah, um, even Jason Taylor was confused. About. Yeah, yeah, he was. We got to talk to Jason as well. He was uh, he was very entertaining. He, we had him up there for over ten minutes, just peppering him with questions about uh, about his youth and and his uh, his current situation and uh, and the future of his position. It was uh, past, present, and future. We had them all covered. Yeah, um, but he was uh, he was in a great mood and um, he was well protected as well. He yes, had, uh, that had his, was had his bodyguard with him. Colby Harvell Peel is never not entertaining. He's always entertaining. That's exactly right. He's just so Colby walks in ahead of Jason. And I thought, well, Colby wasn't on the list of players we're talking today, and uh, goes up there, grabs a mask, and then literally just stands like a bodyguard with Jason. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't even like have a, like wouldn't even move for the no. first eight minutes or so of right. the whole thing. And finally, 
I just asked Jason, said, hey, like, is Colby really just a bodyguard today? <laughs> and finally, we got Colby to laugh a little bit and uh, kind of loosen up there. But, yeah, he was just playing bodyguard. They're roommates and are super close. Um, obviously, they came into OSU together. Um, I think people f- tend to forget that. Right. Um, because Jason redshirted that first year and Colby didn't. Yeah. Um, but they came in together and they got close in high school. And um, so they were just having a little fun together. Um, but Jason was just – Jason was really in primo form, I think, talking with us today about stuff. and Right. Talking about his play against McGinnis as junior in the state championship game. He broke up the pass on fourth down in the end zone to win the game. And um, making plays now and how he can anticipate things. And um, it was really impressive. I think, I think Jason's in a really big position to really turn some heads – the final 10 games of the season yeah absolutely he's in a uh, in a great position i think he's he is fully prepared for for what's ahead and uh, we've had multiple people tell us this guy would be starting at just about any other college at uh, at, at safety because he's just that good he just happened to be behind a couple of nfl safeties so and, you know, and spoiler, I'm, I'm writing about Jason for Thursday's paper. Right. Um, so make sure to pick up the Oklahoman or subscribe online. Um, we really appreciate that. Yep. But um, talk to Carl Albert people, and they're, they fully believe Jason, you know, can, can make this into an NFL opportunity for himself. And some even question why he's not playing receiver because <laughs> he played receiver a lot at Carl Albert, too. Um, I'm not about to question that. I it's hard to argue with the decisions of him playing safety right now, but uh, he has that kind of athletic ability and, and um, football IQ. Yeah, he does. He uh, he just his his knack for being around the ball or around the place where a play needs to be made is is uncanny, and it's uh, it's really fun to watch. Um, I was right there with uh, with Mike Gundy. Uh, in that I didn't know that he had blocked the field goal. I thought it was just missed. Uh, it happened so uh, so quickly at the end of that game that uh, that I was unsure of that. But um, but the way that he talked about seeing the kick earlier in the game and thinking if he had jumped he would have uh, he would have blocked it, and then to come through and and actually block one in uh, such a crucial situation was uh, was fascinating and. Uh, watching the video, seeing the photos afterwards, um, pretty uh, pretty incredible play. I uh, I remember watching. I was watching my laptop in my uh, sister in law's dining room, and uh, the way that kick went, I said, "Did someone get that?" Right. Because it just was so wobbly. Yeah, it was. And low, and I thought someone had to get that right, but maybe he just hit it poorly. And I didn't want until the replay, and I realized I was like, "Oh, that's Jason." Yeah. You know, like. And at first, it looked like he just got just a finger on it. Then I realized no, he got more than just a finger. He got multiple fingers and yeah. and everything. So that was um, that's that's as big a play as OSU's going to have in the early part of the season, I think. Yeah, it is. That was uh, that was that was a crucial play in that game. And then um, obviously Kale Cabanis with the uh, the other big play that that sealed the uh, sealed the victory. Um. Because I think about it, if the Boise State would have scored there, yeah, there's still, what, two minutes left? Right. Something like that. Um, 
OSU could have gone down and gotten a field goal range, but Alex Held already missed a field goal. Right. He hasn't been automatic the first three games of the year. Right. You don't want that situation if you're OSU. No. No, absolutely not. That was a uh, that would have been a really difficult situation to be put in, and uh, like you said, there's no guarantees with the, with Alex Hale right now, dealing with a uh, a technical issue of some sort that uh, that they have identified, uh, according to Mike Gundy, and they're just uh, just working through it with him. Um, you know, I always compare the uh, the kicking motion to the golf swing because I think there's a lot of similarities in the two, and uh, I know when you get a uh, when you get something that you figure out what's wrong, it's really hard to work through getting it corrected because that that issue had become has become ingrained in what you're doing, and it feels natural at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so that can be a really difficult thing to work through. So we'll see. Uh, you know, they haven't been forced to kick a lot of field goals. Uh, so far this season, um, so it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch. But um, but Hale hasn't been put in many uh, in many field goal opportunities. So we'll see going forward uh, because this team's going to be in a lot of close games, as uh, as I wrote for Wednesday's paper. Um, the, they're going to be in uh, they're going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to have to win ugly, and uh, and points are going to matter. Uh, even uh, even field goals, so that's going to be important for them to get get that figured out. All right, well, uh, was there anything else that came out of uh, visiting with the players that uh, that you enjoyed that stood out to you? I you know, um, Brock Martin's haircut changed a little, right? Yeah, um, that was got rid of the long hair. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. We didn't get to ask him about it, but. Okay, he was giving us too much good stuff about about everything uh, penalty related, and he was really high on Colin Oliver still. Right. Um, you know that that stood out to me. Um, yeah, I think I think we've covered just about everything from those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, visiting with with Josh Sills, we uh, we we talked a lot about the uh, the run game, the confidence that they built in the run game. And uh, and he knew his uh, his his facts. He knows how good Kansas State is against the run. Uh, he didn't spout off the uh, the yardage, but uh, but I bet if we had pressed him, he could have he could have got close to uh, close to a fifty four point seven yards per game that they're uh, that they're giving up on the ground. So this is a a big challenge for the Oklahoma State offense. After uh, you know, you have two re- two weeks where you can't really do much, and then you have a, a breakout game up in Boise. And uh, and get the job done up there. Now you gotta gotta come come home and do that again against a uh, a, a better run defense. It's a uh, it's a really tough challenge, and and I think Jacob, it's the uh, the going to be the story of the game. Absolutely, I asked Josh. You know, there was a point in that Boise game where they had twenty or twenty one. They got twenty one straight rushes from the second to third quarter. Right, and that just built confidence for him. And it's just like Josh talked about that. That was that was kind of that stretch where they started to really realize they could do it and and make things happen and that's what they prefer and that the coaches believed in them to do it and so um yeah if they if they can block um kansas state's front and open some holes i like osu's chances in this um if not it's going to be 
It's going to come. I mean, it's. I think it's still going to be tight. I don't think Kansas State can blow OSU out. Right. Um, especially that with, especially with Skylar Thompson sidelined. But it should be a lot easier for OSU if they can run the ball. Were you as surprised? And the, the line has changed dramatically since it, uh, since it came out. Um, so I guess there were a lot of us uh, that were surprised, like I was. Was it eight the first time? Nine. nine. It opened at nine. Oklahoma State favored by nine points. Was that uh, surprising to you? Absolutely. I wondered if OSU would be favored at all. Yeah, exactly. I uh, was right there with you. That was, that was nine points is insane. Um, what is it? Six last I saw, right? Is it? I saw a five and a half on uh, a half. on one in particular line today. Okay. So it's uh, it's definitely moved uh, quite a bit toward the Kansas State side, but uh, that that blew my mind. I I thought it might be. I thought it might open at, at three, and they say home field advantage is worth three points on a on a Vegas line, and that's about what I thought. So. Uh, the home field advantage would have been about the only advantage in the uh, in the in the betting margin, but that was uh, that was crazy to me to see it open at uh, at such a big number in favor of Oklahoma State. Yeah, I if it's if it was that high, if you're a betting if you're a betting person, take the under, right? Because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't pick them to cover that. that no, that, not right now at least. Not unless Tate Martin and Jaden Bray and the Green Twins all walk through that tunnel. <laughs> right, ready to exactly. go, and you might have a shot. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that would change some things. But um, we'll get into injuries and, and things in a little bit. Um, but uh, I was uh, I was definitely surprised to see that kind of a number. The number I wasn't surprised by was the over under, which opened at uh, I think forty five and a half. That's is, about right. That seems about right for these yeah. two teams. This is going to be an ugly football game. There's yeah, just no way around it. It might take two hours, two and a half hours <laughs> to play this gonna game. Be, it's going to be fast. So, and I mean, six o'clock kickoff. That may not be a bad thing. No, I'm I'm all for it. In the in the night early. That's uh, that's probably fine with me. Um, injury wise, you know, Mike Gundy didn't want to give any updates on uh, on players who might be uh might be available for this game so they'll know a lot more on wednesday which is his usual refrain on uh, his monday press conference it works out well for him yeah he, he doesn't want to talk about injuries and uh and guys aren't evaluated until tuesday yep so it's uh it's convenient for him yeah he literally can't tell us anything on monday yeah he just i mean unless someone's got a serious injury and isn't going to play but right. uh, he still won't tell us usually but still that's he's not lying to us when he says he'll know more wednesday yeah exactly <laughs> So that's uh, that's kind of where things are, uh, as far as that goes, and uh, and we'll jump into our our three questions about the game, with uh, with starting right there. I'm gonna say over under, zero point five catches by Tay Martin. Taking the over or the under, which is just my fun way of asking. You think Tay's gonna play? I'm gonna say over. All right. I think Tay's Taking back. I thought he'd be back last week, but I think a right. uh, little precautionary more than anything. But yeah. that's my guess. But I, I think he's back this week because I think it's time to go in the Big Twelve. Yes, I, uh, I'm. I'm with you. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking the over as well. Um, I, I didn't pose this question, but if I had, I would have also taken the uh, the same over on uh, on Blaine Green. I think Blaine Green makes his debut yes. and, makes, and makes a catch. Um, you know, he was dressed out for Boise State. He was on the sideline. Uh, apparently, was not available because I would have expected him to play. Ahead of uh, ahead of Kale Cabinus if he yeah. was available, considering he was originally the starter at that position. But 
not uh, not quite ready yet. But then Bryson goes down with the hand injury, and I think that's going to open the door for Blaine to uh, to fill back in to his uh, his starting spot. He'll be the uh, with the third true freshman to start a game if he d- if he does. He'll be the third true freshman to start a game at receiver. I, well, no, no Jaden Bray actually never started one because Tay Martin started the Tulsa game. That's true. But um, but still. Still, I, Casey doesn't have a lot of hair to begin with, and uh, right. he's got to have less hair after this season. Yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be gray what he does have left, for sure. Yeah, whatever comes back is going to be gray. That's, uh, that's for sure. All right, next question. Who has more rushing yards, Jalen Warren or Deuce Vaughn, who I'm 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 gonna call him Deuce McAllister at some point this week. It's That's just fair. gonna happen. That's fair. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Um, Deuce Vaughn. Jalen Warren. Um, man, I'm gonna go with Deuce Vaughn because Kansas State's backup quarterback situation is way worse than Spencer Sanders. That's uh, that's a very fair point. And so I think I'm going to go that way because I think if Tay Martin's back, it's going to open up a little bit more passing options for Spencer. I am uh, I'm with you on that. I think it'll end up being uh, a close number because I think that Oklahoma State controls the run pretty mm-hmm. well and uh, doesn't give up crazy yardage. And I think that uh, that Warren will find his way into uh, into some big plays. But uh, I don't envision another 200-yard game from him. No. I think they'll try to manage the carries. Okay, here's a question I almost asked. Over under 25 and a half carries by Jalen Warren, which what, what would you have taken if I had asked that question? Because um, I'm only allowed to ask three. You understand that? Right, right? yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. say under on that because I don't think Gundy wants to put him up that high on carries again. Yeah. Not I'm, back-to-back uh, weeks. I'm going to go. I would have gone over on that one. Okay. I would have if I had asked that yeah, question. That's fair. Um, that's the bonus question for our listeners. Yes. Um, all right, third question. Who is the special teams star that steps up this week? We've had uh, we've had big plays by LD Brown. You can throw Kanai and Williams in there on that uh, that kickoff return against Tulsa. Jason Taylor. We talked about the uh, the field goal block. Is there a uh, is there a guy that uh, that keeps this streak going of big special teams plays? Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Hale. I like that. I like I that a lot. I think it's going to come down to his leg. Very interesting. Um, that's my early prediction. But I think, um, you know, it's going to be such a tight game that Alex Hale is going to be the difference maker this time. Any guesses who I'm going with? Brendan Presley? Nope. No? Oh, come on now. Oh, Tom Hutton. Of you're course, the Tom punning, Hutton. You're going to the punting angle. Absolutely. It crossed, it crossed my mind, but, you know, I think uh, I'll let you have your boy. All right. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> nice of you. Um, uh, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Tom. He had a, uh, a couple of 50-yarders uh, last week. He did have a, uh, he had a rough second quarter when they turned around and were going into the wind, uh, but um, but he bounced back and uh, and pinned Boise State deep on uh, three punts that were uh, inside the 15 uh, really important and I think that he uh, I think that he hits a big one that uh, that comes at a crucial time to flip the field in uh, in this situation in on Saturday with Kansas State and uh, I think it makes a big difference 
no surprises that I'm going with my boy Tom Hutton on that I'm one. Not surprised at all. I should have known. I don't know why it's a Brandon Presley. I should have known. Well, Presley is is kind of the uh, the, um, the he's he's kind of the choice. The he's kind of the obvious choice because yeah. he's the guy that's going to have a chance to uh, to get the ball in his hands on some punts. And uh, there's, it's it's definitely fair to uh, to take, to make that prediction. I almost so. just picked Jason Taylor again, just because. But I mean, <laughs> right. it seems like the, the really the odds on favorites probably Jason Taylor, to be honest. Yes. Um, considering his special team success last year and this year now. Now, if I had asked this, obviously I'm not asking it because I've already asked all three questions. Um, but if I had asked, who would be the uh, the unsung he- or not the unsung hero the unexpected hero of the game is there any names that uh, that would have popped up to you in uh, in in that uh, in that realm who's the next walk on i'm just kidding um, right yeah dominic richardson i like that that's a good one that's a really good one i probably would have gone with blaine green that's a good one uh, i think that uh that you know somebody's gonna have to make some plays at this wide receiver group and uh, and i think that he's gonna play i think he's gonna start and I, I think there's a chance that uh, that he really impacts this game, even uh, even though it's just his first time out. So we'll see what happens as far as that goes. But uh, but a really interesting game. I think that this has a chance to be another. Uh, I think it's going to be ugly again, just like the Boise State game was. But I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a wild one. Uh, I I just I feel like a lot of these games going forward until Oklahoma State really gets healthy at the wide receiver spot are going to be ugly and uh, and they're going to be crazy and uh, they're they're going to be low scoring tight ball games that come down to the wire and I think it's going to be um, probably uh, not a lot of fun if you're Mike Gundy or Casey Dunn or uh, or a Cowboy fan but I think it's going to be entertaining uh, on uh, on the big picture I think you should, fans should just embrace the ugly just embrace it absolutely just just enjoy it you know like treat it almost like a um like a rebuilding baseball team you're a fan of a rebuilding baseball team yeah find reasons to love this team and tune in you know just find those players those those unheralded heroes that we've talked about and root for them and find you know find out more about them that's have some fun with that um it'll it'll make your life so much better than just doom and gloom about a team that can struggle at times just just embrace the ugly and embrace this and and have some fun with it like a rebuilding like i i've tried to do that with the rangers yeah i had to find some fun guys i'm struggling with it but um <laughs> that's a different podcast but uh you know there's there's some guys on this team that you could really as a fan rally around that you wouldn't expect it to two weeks ago right but uh embrace the ugly that's my message that's uh that's completely fair. All right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with my favorite segment, the most important thing I forgot, and I've already got one, but uh, but I'll give you a chance. I, I got one for you too. Okay, good deal. You talked about your boy Tom Hutton, right? But you didn't talk about his tweet. Oh, I didn't. His That's tweet, a- you know, he had that struggles in the punt there for a second, and someone right. tweeted some unnecessary comments at him, and he got him good. He did. He did. the guy The guy said, uh, "Congratulations on uh, on two straight thirty yard punts." And Tom responded with, uh, congratulations on being able to tweet while watching me on TV, yeah. which was fantastic. Yes. Tom Hutton is the real MVP for that tweet alone. He um, is. 
So, and also lesson learned for that guy, that person, hopefully don't come at Tom Hutton. Right. Cause he's, he's on a different level. He is. If you want to, if you want to be snarky and, and funny, don't try tagging him at least, no. you, you know, leave his name off of it. Um, now my, uh, my most important thing I forgot, Josh Sills revelation that, uh, the offensive line was told the pass to Kale Cavanis was a run play. Oh yeah. A run pass option. And so they were blocking it as uh, as a run play. Obviously, the uh, the ball gets out quick, and so uh, there's no danger of an offensive lineman getting downfield in that situation. But uh, but still fascinating that that call came in as a run play for them. So he said he didn't know it was a it was a pass until he saw the ball in the air, and he thought, oh, they're passing the ball. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very fascinating. Good stuff. That's why I always love talking to Josh Sills. He always uh, he always. Always brings some entertainment, something uh, something unexpected when, uh, when we get to visit with him. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Cowboy Chronicles. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you after the Kansas State game.